You're listening to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is episode 23, airing on January 30th, 2012. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Welcome to Coaching Skills for Leaders. This is the show for leaders who want to develop their coaching skills so they can help others achieve their maximum potential. Whether you're a seasoned leader or you're leading people for the first time, improving your coaching skills will drive your success and most importantly, the success of others. This week's topic is your 2012 action plan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another episode of Coaching Skills for Leaders. My name is Dave Stahoviak, and I'm coming to you from the Innovate Learning Studio here down in Orange County, California. And welcome back to another episode and a special welcome to those who may be joining us for the first time. And as you know, for those of you who've been listening for a while, we are on a one-month journey on the topic of personal leadership during the month of January here. And this, of course, is the last episode of the month. And this is the episode where it comes all together. At least, oh, I hope it comes all together here at the end and it all makes sense. And we've talked a whole bunch this month uh, which with a few guests on values and the importance of creating our values. And that was back in episode number 20 and uh, had some resources and tools for you to do that. So if, that, if you haven't had a chance to look into that yet, you want to definitely check that out before you start thinking about your 2012 action plan, because that's a great place to start first. You will remember, uh, those of you who have been listening for a few weeks, we talked about strengths and our weaknesses with Susan Gerke, and that was on episode 21. And then, of course, last week we had Kerwin Rockefeller and started to lay the foundation for what is vision and how to think of your vision holistically. And, of course, today is where it comes all together because what I'm going to be doing is walking you through how I plan for a year and some of the tools and resources that I utilize. And my hope is, is that by going through my process and how I integrate that with the three things we've talked about over the last few weeks, is that this tool might be valuable to you as well. And if you are listening for the first time, or maybe the second or third time, and you're thinking, hmm, what does this have to do with coaching skills? Well, it has a lot to do with coaching skills. Because if we want to be able to coach and develop others, we better have a strong foundation ourselves first. Because if we try to reach out and help others and develop others, and they look at us and they don't see someone that is well-grounded, that has a clear understanding of their strengths and weaknesses and their values and their vision for the future, people don't want to follow people who don't have clarity around those things. And I'm not saying that Leaders need to have perfect clarity around those things. I certainly don't. I don't know anybody who does. And anyone who claims to is probably not being very uh, transparent because we all have doubts. We all have things that change. But we should have a clear picture of where we'd like to go. And that's what I'm hoping that today, that this episode will provide for you and provide a framework for starting to think about that. And as I think about the topic of creating a vision for the future and creating your action plan around it, I think back to what Kerwin mentioned on last week's episode, that it's one thing to have a vision and a picture of the future, but it's a whole nother thing to put the action behind it and to make sure that you actually do the things that are going to get you toward that vision. And whenever I think about vision, I think back to the commencement address 
that Steve Jobs gave at Stanford back in 2005. Now, I wasn't there at the Stanford commencement, but I have seen this commencement address on YouTube a number of times, and anybody can go find it on YouTube. I'll put a link to the show no- in, in the show notes here, so those of you who haven't seen it can go take a look at it. Uh, it is a fantastic talk, and it's only about 14 or 15 minutes. It's not one of those graduation talks that goes on for 40 or 45 minutes, but it is, and regardless how you feel about Steve Jobs and you know the, the Apple company, it is really quite a 15 minutes about his life and how he took the challenges and obstacles in his life and turned it into some just incredible things. And one of the quotes that I really enjoy about that talk is toward the end of the talk, he says, and I quote, for the past 33 years, I have looked in the mirror every morning and asked myself, if today were the last day of my life, would I want to be doing whatever I'm about to do today. And whenever the answer has been no for too many days in a row, I know I need to change something. I think that's a wonderful way to think about life and think about your vision for the future. If, you know, things are in line with what you would want to be doing, if this was the last day, then then you're in great shape. But if that's not the case, then it is time to change something. And I love the quote that Zig Ziglar has said many times over the years. Some people live 80 years. Most people live one year 80 times. And I was thinking about that a lot uh, about a year ago because I was coming to a point in my life where I was you know, finishing a, you know, a long degree program and uh, you know, doing some different things in, in the workplace. And I'd come to a point where it was a really natural time to start thinking about what do I want the next few years to look like? And not that I wasn't happy with what I had done, but I knew that I wanted to do some new things and to do some different things. And so uh, I'm going to tell you today about what I did and some of the results I've had. And I think that it may be a very strong resource for you as well. And so before I jump into that, I do want to mention here up front, for those of you who are regular listeners of this show, you know that uh, one of the things that I love to hear is feedback from the community of uh, listeners here to the show. And uh, you may recall me mentioning a week or two ago that I recognized that some of you weren't able to actually call into our feedback line because it was a toll-free number, which works great here in the States, but doesn't work globally. And so we have actually changed our feedback number. And so it's still easy for those of you in the States, but it's also possible now for those of you globally to call in with feedback as well. So the new number, brand new number, is for those of you in the States, 949-38-LEARN. So that's 949-38-LEARN. And globally, of course, that is 1949 385-3276. So again, 1-949-385-3276. So now hopefully everyone can reach our feedback line. And uh, thanks for those who gave feedback about that. I so appreciate it. And of course, you can always reach me by email as well. And that's feedback at innovatelearning.com. And you're welcome to send audio or written feedback to that email address, and I will definitely respond to you, and I look forward to hearing from you. And so let me tell you about what I had done to create my action plan last year, what I've done to create my action plan again this year, and what I plan to continue to do because it has worked so well for me. 
I was online last year. Uh, it was a little bit, it was about this time of the year, a little bit later, February, March last year. And I had just finished up writing my dissertation. I was waiting for clearance. And I started to get online and starting to look for resources. And I just happened to see a blog post by a gentleman named Michael Hyatt. Uh, Michael Hyatt runs one of the more popular leadership blogs on the internet right now. And uh, it's just michaelhyatt.com. I'm going to put a link to this on the show notes, of course, so you can uh, go there after the show and take a look at his site. He has lots of great resources and tools. But what really caught my eye is he had a post on creating your personal life plan. Now, I've seen these uh, types of things all over the internet and from life coaches and all kinds of folks over the years. And most of the ones that I've seen as far as creating your life plan, creating your vision, you know, just didn't, weren't really very impressive to me. Um, but, you know, he had a nice post about it. He had a nice little video that went along with it. And I'm going to put a link to this, of course. So I downloaded his uh, Creating Your Personal Life Plan. It's about, uh, oh gosh, 80 or 90 pages. And I started reading through it and it is fantastic. It's probably one of the best design eBooks on the internet that I've seen. It was it was free, um, but I downloaded it and I started reading through it and I really got excited about it because as I read through it, it was both very well designed, very attractive graphically, but also simple. And I don't do complex things super well. <laughs> I like things simple because I know that if I'm doing a life plan and I'm putting action steps together, I want it to be something I can reference back to. I want it to be something that's going to be easy for me to follow. I don't want to have you know, a 150 page strategy report because that's just overwhelming for how my brain works. I want something that can be very, very clear for me on where I want to go. And so one of the things that I did when I put together my life plan last year is I wrote the following, and I'm quoting from what I have in the document here from early 2011, the coaching skills for leaders podcast and blog generates multiple comments weekly from listeners who have used the show to better their leadership and coaching skills. And notice I said that in the present tense, the coaching skills for leaders podcast generates multiple comments weekly. And at the time I wrote that I hadn't even started this podcast. And so those of you who've been listening know that I've been receiving some wonderful feedback from people all over the world over the last couple of months. And part of the reason that I have been is because I had a clear vision last year as to what I wanted that to look like. It wasn't as important for me how many people were listening, but that the people who were listening were engaged with me. And one of the things that I had also written down as an action step last year is to produce a consistent coaching podcast and blog that dramatically increases our audience's skill level in self-leadership, coaching, and personal productivity. And I read that every single week last year when I did my weekly review. And in August, I kicked off this podcast, and now we have a whole bunch of listeners around the world. But more importantly, many of the people who are listening have reached out to me and have become a part of this community that is building. And that's pretty exciting. And you know what? I'm not sure if it would have happened if not for this action plan. So I want to walk you through this action plan and Michael Hyatt calls it a life plan. So I'll use those terms interchangeably here on the show today. And you could call it whatever you want to call it. You could call it, uh, you could call it rabbit if you want to call it that. The key is, is following a process that's going to work for you. And I'm going to 
of course, put the links to all the things I'm talking about, but you could create this yourself too. It doesn't necessarily have to be um, the one from Michael Hyatt, although I think it's a wonderful tool and I certainly encourage you to download it and I'll tell you how to do that here in just a little bit. But let me walk you through what is on my plan and how I go through the process of planning out uh, how I did last year and also the process I've gone out, I've gone through for planning this year. And that way, um, hopefully you'll have a, a sense of what really is kind of the how to actually do this. Because I think one of the things that happens to a lot of us is we sort of know that we should have a yearly plan, we should have goals, we should have a vision, but we just don't see enough good examples of how to do it. And, and you know, my example isn't necessarily the best one out there, but it's an example that's worked for me that hopefully by sharing with you will be helpful to you as well. And one of the things I love about the way Michael Hyatt does his plan is he shares some of the details and examples of how he does it. And I know many of you who listen to the show have really enjoyed the examples that I give. So I'm going to give you some examples of exactly what I have on my plan for this year. So the first thing that I do is I make sure to get down the values that are important to me. And this is actually in addition to the uh, creating your personal life plan document that uh, Michael Hyatt has. So I've actually put in the values. Now, I'm not going to speak to these in detail because I covered this in great detail in episode number 20. So if you haven't had a chance yet to think about or gain clarity about what your values are, you may want to go back and just take a listen to episode 20. There's some good tools and resources, even a document there you can download that will help you through that process. And I went through in great detail what my values are there and how I've kind of crafted those. So I've put my values on this page, and mine are the the top five you may remember from episode 20, are meaning, sustainability, vision, empowerment, and love. And so I have them there uh, just to keep them in front of my, my, my view on this document as I'm starting to write out my action plans and my direction and vision for the future because I want them to be in alignment with my values. And so I have those there just to keep me focused. Now, the first thing that uh, on this, on the Creating Your Life plan for Michael Hyatt that he asks is, what's most important to you? What are your priorities? And he actually used the words, word accounts, you know, kind of what are the big things that are most important to you? And this, uh, you know, I've seen this on so many different types of life plans and, and uh, Stephen Covey uh, made this popular years ago, kind of thinking about what are the big things that are most important to you. And so what I've done is I've listed out my priorities. And one of the things that I encourage you to do, whether you use a document like this or whether you're just doing this on your own, is to think about what is most important to you. When you look at your life and you think about your life being balanced and where you spend your time and put in your energy what are the things that are most important to you right now? And also, what do you want to be most important to you? And that's what I wrote down here is I put them in order. What are the things that I want to be most important to me? And those aren't always the things that I put my time and effort into, but at least it gets me grounded on what things I should be prioritizing. Uh, by the way, one of the things that I heard long ago, which I think is really, really insightful, is if you ever want to figure out what's important to you, Look at your calendar and look at your checkbook. Because if you look at your calendar, you'll see where you're spending your time. And if you look at your checkbook, you'll see where you're spending your money. And if you want to find out what's important to you right now, look at where you've been spending your time and your money over the last six to 12 months. And that will give you a pretty good picture of what's important to you. 
Now, if you're like me, that isn't always the things that you'd want to be most important to you. I know I'm not always in alignment with that. And so that's why I write down my priorities first here, because I wanted to, the best of my ability, to align my priorities with what I'm actually doing in my life as far as how I'm using my time and resources and finances. So I would suggest having somewhere around 10, maybe even less than that. Here's my 10. Faith is number one. My health is number two. My marriage with Bonnie is number three. Our baby, which is coming any day, is number four. Learning, for me, is number five. Then comes my career. That's number six. My extended family, number seven. My friends and my friendships, number eight. Service to the community, number nine. And then finally, our finances are number 10 for me. Now, I do put them in order and the reason is, is I want to not only know what my priorities are, but I also want to know, you know, what comes first in my life. And for me, I, uh, I, I put faith as number one. I, do I always put faith as number one in my life as far as my actions and how I spend my time? No, unfortunately, I don't, but I'd really like to. And so that's why it's number one on top there, because I want to remind myself that that's something that's important to me, my relationship with God and keeping that focused on being central in my life. And I know I fall short of that constantly. But I put it at the top because that's where it should be for me. And then number two is my health. And you might say, well, why do I put my health above my marriage and the new baby and all that? Well, if I don't keep myself healthy, I'm not going to be around (laughs) to have my marriage with Bonnie. I'm not going to be able to care for our son. I'm not going to be able to do all those other things in life. And so while health might seem like, you know, somewhere lower on the list, if you really think about it, me keeping myself healthy, eating right, exercising, doing things that are not going to harm my body are tremendously important for the rest of my priorities. And if I don't have that, I don't have anything else. So that's where if you do some thinking about this and you look through your priorities, you start maybe focusing on things you wouldn't have thought about at first glance. And so let me give you an example on one of these areas, because, you know, I could walk you through all 10 of these things and what I have planned out and what I've written down for my vision for the year. And this show would be four hours long. And so those of you who are listening to this on your commute would, uh, would be listening to this for four days. So, uh, in the interest of conciseness, let me give you one example. So the, the example I'm going to give you today is about our baby, because that's something that's really on the top of my mind right now. Cause we, uh, We are at just past 38 weeks right now in Bonnie's pregnancy. And so literally he could be coming any day. (laughs) So this is really on the top of our minds. And so part of the thing that's on the Creating a Life Plan uh, document here from Michael Hyatt is putting your vision there for what you want, what you want to create in the future. And so here's my vision for our son and actually for uh, hopefully children someday, but certainly for my son. I wrote uh, a year ago, I want my children to remember me as a guiding light in their lives who empowered them with the love of God, family, learning, discipline, and friendship. I want them to look back at their time as children as a time filled with many life lessons, joy-filled days, and discipline that served them in their lives as adults. I want them to feel like they were empowered to be whoever God created them to be and that their mom and me always came first in my life. I want them to remember that my love helped them become beautiful and whole people 
who would then go on to love their own families and spread God's love in the world. And that's what I, re- I really want for our son, and that's what I want for our kids, uh, you know, or hopefully future kids someday too. You know, there's a lot of things that go along with that, but at its essence, that's what I really want. And so that's where I'm shooting for. And, you know, we're not going to get there in the first year of our son's life by any means, but there are things that I can do now that will help me to get there. And so I wrote down um, current reality. So one of the things that Michael suggests on this document is to write down, you know, get your vision on there, but then write down current reality. Where are you right now? And then following that, what are some specific commitments you will make this year that will get you toward that larger vision? So here's current reality for us right now. I wrote three things down. We don't have a baby. (laughs) Number two, we will have a baby soon. Number three, neither of us know what the heck we are doing. (laughs) So uh, that's reality, right? Now, uh, I joke a little bit here. We know some of what we're doing, but we don't know what we're doing. This is all new for us, right? So, you know, we haven't been parents before. We're going to have a whole bunch of surprises. We're going to be sleep deprived. you know. (laughs) So we don't know what's going to happen. And that's reality. And, you know, but we're, we think we're as prepared as we're, you know, we're going to be. So, you know, here's the specific commitments that I've written down for this year of things that I want to for sure do. Now, this is not a comprehensive list as far as these would be the only things I would do for our son, but these are the things that I want to make sure I don't forget. So here's some of the specific commitments I've written down. Uh, first one is spend at least one hour a day outside of care time that is focused on connecting with our son through cuddling, play and other ways that he's ready to explore the world. Now, the key there is outside of care time. You know, of course, I'll be spending an hour a day with him, but, you know, changing diapers, you know, feeding, all the things that we'll be doing with him. But I really want to reserve an hour, if I can, at a minimum, to just be with him. Just be with him. Just just play. Just, Just enjoy him. And to just invest in him as a person. And I hope to continue to do that throughout his life. And will I be perfect every day doing that? You know, probably not, but I'd certainly like to at a minimum be able to hit that just about every day. And so that's really important to me. Uh, Second one here is begin introducing books, reading, and storytelling to him as soon as it is practical so that he begins to associate learning and growth with a happy and successful life in this world. And uh, those of you who've been listening to this podcast know the value I put on education and learning and reading books. And so the sooner that our son associates that with positive, uh, you know, enjoyment about the world, I think the better for him and the better for us to be able to get toward that larger vision. Uh, And I also have written down here, work with Bonnie to determine a meaningful name for our little boy. We really want to think very carefully about, you know, what is his name going to be? And we haven't decided that yet. So we've actually been talking about that this week because it's really a good week for us to be thinking about this because he's going he's to be here real soon. So, uh, you know, we've narrowed it down now to, uh, you know, a few names. And so, and, but that's important to us. We want to make sure the name is, is very meaningful. Uh, I also have written here, finish reading Raising Cain to establish good practices to support his growth emotionally. Uh, Raising Cain is a, a great book about protecting the emotional lives of boys. And uh, Bonnie and I both feel really strongly about uh, him feeling very comfortable in his emotional well-being and his emotional growth. And unfortunately, so many men in this world uh, are just, you know, uh, taught at a very young age, you know, to uh, set their emotions aside and to be tough. And, and you know, we just want to really raise a son who's very well balanced emotionally. So this book is going to help us to do that. And it's a great, great book. And we've received a great recommendation to read it. 
Um, I also wrote here, attend as many doctor's appointments as possible to continue my education as a father and build a long-term relationship with Dr. Ball, who's our pediatrician. And so I want to do that as much as I can. And he also recommended a book, American Academy of Pediatrics book on the first year of life. And so I'm going to be reading that as well. And I also have written here, step in as the primary caregiver at least once a week so that Bonnie has time to rest even before she returns to work. Now, once a week may not seem like a lot, but uh, Bonnie's actually off work for the next six to seven months. So she's going to be the primary caregiver as I continue to work, at least for that period of time. But even though she's going to be the primary caregiver, I still want to step in at least one day a week and give her time to rest and to you know do the things that she loves to do in the world. And so that way, you know, we have good balance. And eventually when I spend more time caring for him, which is will likely to be the case toward the end of the year as she returns to work, that that's a really smooth transition for us. Now, you know, a lot of these things could change. You know, one of the things you hear about anytime you talk to parents is, you know, don't bother making plans in advance because everything changes anyway. But I, I think these are good plans that will uh, help us regardless of what happens. And then finally, uh, we want to also determine a guardian for our little boy and, you know, one of the things that can happen is, you know, we could die. Bonnie or I, Bonnie or I could pass away. You never know what the future is going to hold. And we want to make sure that he's well taken care of if that should happen. And so those are my specific commitments. And so now you may be wondering, well, how do you do all that? How do you keep those, <laughs> keep focused on that? Well, here's what Michael Hyatt recommends. And here's what I've been doing for the last year. And I continue to do is, you know, that those are my reality, my specific commitments around our baby. And our children. And so that's one of 10 sections of my personal vision and, and my plan for this year. And so what I do is I go through a review process every week. And for me, it's on Sunday mornings. That's just a really good time. I usually have an hour or two before we go to church Sunday mornings. And so I get up early and I get over to my computer and I pull up the document. And I read through all of these. So I read through these specific commitments, the things I just read to you. I read it every Sunday morning. And then when I'm done reading it, then I pull out my calendar and I sit down and I kind of plan out the week of where I want to invest my time and where I want to invest my resources in, uh, you know, her baby, in, in Bonnie, in my health, in my career and all the things I have for that. And that way I have a really good plan of action that hopefully is in pretty close alignment with the things that I'm working on. Now, do I hit all of these every week? Of course not. That would be ridiculous. But I hit some of them each week. And then I, you know, in the ones I don't hit this week, I, I will read it again next week because it's still going to be there. And I'll read it again the following week and I'll read it again and read it again. And eventually I'm either going to ignore it or I'm going to do something about it. And hopefully I will do something about it. And I have in the past. And so um, I've got that on there. And at least I know what I'm not doing. So I'm not just kind of what uh, Zig Ziglar would say, oh, being a wandering generality in the world. I mean meaningful and specific. So I'm doing the things that are important to me. And if I'm not doing the things that are important to me, I'm aware of that. And I know that I need to schedule time in the future to do that. Uh, another example of a specific commitment that I have written down for this year under my career is create at least 100 coaching skills for leaders podcast champions i wrote by the end of 2012 and those are people who contact me to say they've gained something from this show or otherwise demonstrate through their actions that they're fans of this show that's important to me i want to know that if you're hearing my voice and that if you're getting value from the show that that that's worked and i want to really create a community around that and so 
you know, that's just another example of things that I'm going to look to each week. And that's something I'm thinking about when I'm preparing this show and thinking about the things that I'm going to say. And then one of the things Michael Hyatt recommends is, hey, do that each week, which I do. And then once a quarter, do a much more detailed review for a couple hours. And I was sort of good with that last week, last year. I did a couple of those, but I didn't do as much as I could have. And then he says, take a take one time a year and kind of rewrite your plan for the year. And I actually did that a few weeks ago. I rewrote my entire plan for this year, 2012. So I've got each area, I've got action steps written under that. And, you know, it works for me, but it may not work for you, this particular document. But if it doesn't do something around this, that honors your values, that gets your priorities in line, that gets you clear on your vision of where you want to go makes it clear to you where you currently are and then has some specific action steps that you can take that will get you toward that larger vision. And so if you want to make that easy on yourself, I would suggest picking up that book. You can go to michaelhyatt.com, search for life plan. I'm also going to put a link here in the show notes. He does ask you to join his email list to download the book, but it is free. And I think his email list is great. Uh, It has lots of great articles and resources. I read it every week. Uh, That said, if it doesn't work for you, you can always unsubscribe and you still get the book. So I think it's something that's uh, it's a great tool and a great resource. And so I hope that this has been helpful for you. And one of the things that I'd love to hear is, is this helpful for you? And as you know now, you know, hearing from you is a big part of my goals for this year and creating a community around this show. And so uh, just a reminder that that new number for community feedback in the U.S. and the states here is 949-38-LEARN. So again, 949-38-LEARN. Or globally, it's 1-949-385-3276. And of course, you can always email me at feedback at innovatelearning.com. So I'd love to hear if you put this into practice and start using it. I'd love to hear about what results you've had. If you run into obstacles, I'd really like to hear about those too, uh, because uh, being a community, the more we can talk about and have dialogue about how to utilize these tools well and overcome obstacles, I think the best for everyone, because inevitably someone else is going to run into that exact same obstacle. And the other thing that you should be thinking about if you're a regular listener to this show is, you know, the personal leadership, our series is ending now here this episode. And so that means we're jumping into our next series here in February. And I did mention on a couple of episodes in the past that the next uh, topic is coming up is engagement, how to keep people engaged if you're a leader. And so we're going to be talking even more about coaching skills, how to connect with people, how to really keep them connected to you and your organization. And so one of the things that I'd love to hear from you, if you're listening to my uh, voice right now, is what would you like to hear in the month of February around that? What questions do you have around engagement? What would you like to see me cover on the show? And I'd love it if you would reach out to me with feedback around that too. And you can send again that to feedback at innovatelearning.com and would love to hear what you'd like to hear coming up on the show. Remember, Zig Ziglar said, some people live 80 years. Most people live one year, 80 times. I hope what I've talked about today has been really helpful for you. And I encourage you to hop on our website. It's at innovatelearning.com. Search for this show. It's show number 23. And you can find the show notes and links on our website. Hey, if you or your organization want to improve the coaching skills of your leaders, let me know. I might be able to help out. You can reach us at 
1-949-385-LEARN or of course globally that's 1-949-385-3276 and I look forward to talking with you again next week as we start talking about engagement. Have a great week, everybody, and bye for now.